Summer is winding down and schools are ramping up, which means students and parents need to be aware of the students' rights and responsibilities when they go into a school building. Today, we're going to address it. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, go over to americaoutloud.news where you can check out all my colleagues' work as well as listen to the streaming shows on the 24-7 Talk Radio Network at America Out Loud, available on the website as well as all of your favorite mobile devices, laptop, in the app stores. You can download that for free and you'll be informed 24-7. What a great time to be alive. All right, let's get straight into it. The school year is starting up. And I'm back in the classroom, I'm back in the classroom, and that's actually going to affect my show. And I'm going to address that here on the top. And uh, while I'm coming to the back of classroom, I'm meeting all my new freshmen. I got about 90 brand new students, names to learn in my class, and it's an exciting time of the year. I really enjoy this time because it's your first impression. It's the moment to really help a student understand whether or not they will enjoy your class or if they will be miserable. So first impressions mean everything. So I'm enjoying to try to get to know them right now, playing a little bit of icebreakers, finding out what makes them tick, finding out maybe who I may already annoy, and the students that might naturally like the audio, radio, video classroom that I run. It's a good time. But the reason why I bring that up is, many of you know that I teach during the day and I record these shows at night, when I get home or sometimes even on the weekends. And I've been providing five shows a week here on the America Out Loud Network. That pace is going to be cut back a little bit while I refocus and retool a bit. So starting next week, you will find my shows on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm moving to three days a week because quite honestly, I've been hearing from listeners that it's tough to keep up with all of my episodes, that I put out so much content each day that people are going, oh, I missed that episode and I feel bad, or I got to check back in, or I got to catch up. So it's my hope by providing you three episodes a day that I'm actually able to refocus the sharper content. So there's nothing that you might go, hmm, I'm not sure I want to listen to that one. I'd like to make sure that every time I deliver something that is completely 100% worthwhile. Although to be quite honest with you, I stand by about 98% of my shows. I maybe have 2% of my shows I'd look back on and be like, I'm not sure I'd listen to that one again, but 98% of my shows, I've put my blood, sweat, and tears on while I've been here on the network. And I appreciate America Out Loud giving me that platform to come directly to your living rooms, cars, wherever it is that you might listen to the show. I just really appreciate Malcolm and the team for making that happen. It's been a wonderful journey and I'm glad to be here. So hopefully you're not too upset with me for moving back, but here's what I'm doing in return. With the time that I'm getting back for those episodes, I'm going to start hosting a little bit more Twitter spaces or what's called X now. I'm also going to start doing more video content. You probably noticed if you follow me, 
that I have more video content on there. I just had the interview yesterday that first premiered on the America Out Loud Network. I had the video later that night premiering on X. And as I begin to ramp up these efforts on X and doing more video content with the two days that I'm getting back, I think it's going to help create a more engaged audience. I'll have open chat rooms where much like talk radio on the FM stations, you can call in and get your voice heard. I can do something very similar while I'm interviewing people. I can put your comments directly on the screen where they can read them and we can have an interactive conversation. So I'm looking forward to that. So as always, you want to go over to at real Greg Bolden on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it nowadays in order to be able to hear that content. So let's get to the topic of the day. Students rights and responsibilities. Have you heard what happened in Colorado at the start of their school year? Well, if you haven't, even the governor, Jared Polis, he spoke up and said what the school did was wrong. So there's a young boy. He's 12 years old. His name is Jaden. He had a patch on his book bag that displayed the Gadsden flag. Now, many of my listeners would be familiar with the Gadsden flag, but if you're not, it's the flag that has don't tread on me on it. Many people know that. He was barred from displaying this flag because the school staff thought it was associated with slavery and racism. This is laughable. I hope it wasn't a history teacher who believed this because clearly they don't know their history. I'm going to play audio from the video that was recorded when they met with a school staff member. And apparently this is uh, somebody at the Vanguard School, which is a charter school in Colorado Springs. So listen to this interaction here. Do they know what the Gadsden flag is? That it's a historical flag. So there, um, the reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag displayed, is due to its origins with the slavery and slave trade. That is what was, um, that's the reasoning behind it. <laughs> Uh, it takes a special type of stupid to bring a parent in, remove a student from a classroom, and then not even get your facts straight. It, you probably heard real quick, you know, did they even know what it is? And she starts to go, well, it's because it stands for, and the mother says, the Revolutionary War. And she's like, well, it's actually because it stands for slavery and everything else. The Gadsden flag has nothing to do whatsoever with slavery. There is no connection to that in its history. In fact, it is only linked to 1775 when it was first unfurled on the Hopkins flagship USS Alfred. And then two days later, they made Hopkins, who put it on his ship, the commander in chief of the Continental Navy. And so he adopted the Gadsden banner as his personal flag as they were fighting against England. There is nothing possible that is racist about this. It is a horrible display by our education system, and it is abhorrent that they would even begin to think that this was something that was racist before uh, making their judgment and their comment. See, the uh, governor at least know what's going on. The governor says the Gadsden flag is a proud symbol of the American Revolution and an iconic warning to Britain or any government not to violate the liberties of Americans. Oh, the irony, Governor Paulus. Oh, the irony of this charter school that does not understand history. 
that violates the liberties of their own student, Jaden. And I want to commend young 12-year-old Jaden. This kid is going somewhere, ladies and gentlemen. When you watch this video, he keeps his composure. He keeps his hands kind of folded. He doesn't look down. He keeps his head up. He knows that he is proud to be a patriot a libertarian in many ways. He understands his constitution. He understands his rights. And that was awesome parenting to see and hear this. So they have violated this kid's liberty. And the, the school says, well, we just want them back into the, the building. We want them back in the classroom. Just take off the patch. Let's continue to listen into the, the interaction. Here it is. Don't tread on me. Okay. Which is the gas I can, I, can have you speak to, I, I can have you speak to our Jeff Yoakum okay. again, okay. Um, and then he can refer you to our person at the district. Okay. Um, because, like I said, we're following district policy. Is what we're doing. <laughs> oh, that comment's great. We're just following district policy. Oh, really? Just following district policy? Well, you may be interested to know that the Harrison uh, 2 school district is where this uh, school is located, the Vanguard School. It's actually the Harrison School District 2. And uh, I figured, why not look to see what the students' rights and responsibilities are? And of course, you can go on to hsd2.org because it's a government page and you can find out exactly what the conduct, the discipline and the attendance code says and see if young Jaden violated anything and whether or not this uh, executive leadership team, the superintendent, Dr. Wendy Burhansel, I believe is how you say her name, will have to have a lawsuit on her hands here in the future. See, here's the thing. As we start off all these school years, one of the first things teachers do is they give kids a copy of the code of conduct and they give a sheet after it goes over and they hand it over stating I have been given this and I understand it's my responsibility to read it and it's also for the parents to sign. Now that's at the high school level, grade school level, it might just be parents, they might not have the kids sign. But here's the thing, not reading the code of conduct is like never reading the constitution or educating yourself about what your rights are. And as you know, if you're a listener of my show and you're a bold American, then it's very important to me that you know your constitutional rights, which means that you better believe it's very important for me for my students to understand their rights. So important that when I did the morning announcements the other day, the first thing that I did, and it's actually part of Delaware law as well, so don't give me a cookie for it. I'm just telling you it's a very important thing, is we need to enter, uh, make sure that students understand their First Amendment rights and what that means to them as they begin their school year. So I read the First Amendment rights, and then what that means according to the Delaware State Constitution and the overall Constitution, their freedoms of speech, their freedom to express themselves, their freedom to address things that are wrong, their freedom to not do a Pledge of Allegiance as much as their freedom to do a Pledge of Allegiance. Now, that may upset people, but if you believe in the First Amendment, you support both of them and you don't punish a kid for doing either. So with that all stated, I wanted to go over to this school district that the Vanguard School is saying they're going to have to address and find out what was Jaden's rights and responsibilities, right? And so we have a number of things that are kind of universal across the board. We know that we have uh, different parts of the Department of Education would say that any school that's receiving federal financial assistance better follow the civil rights laws, etc. So 
Discrimination on the basis of race, color, or national origin is prohibited by Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. You may know that sex discrimination is prohibited by Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972, and discrimination on the basis of disability is prohibited by Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. Oh, age discrimination? Yeah, we got that covered too in education by the Act of 1975. And I could go on and on about equal access for Americans. We could go into IEPs and 504s, what is for rights and what is just good for uh, behavior plans and for teachers to know as their professional responsibilities versus the law. There's even federal money and what can be open and not open to protect students regarding the internet. So when I looked at the code of conduct and I started seeing whether or not they were just following the policy, well, the place I wanted to find is what are the policies for first student rights and student responsibilities? What are Jaden's rights? What are Jaden's responsibilities? And so students have a right to a positive learning environment free of crime, violence, intimidation, bullying, harassment, and other forms of discrimination. I would say that this school district is now harassing him for his Gadsden flag. They have violated his right immediately because they don't know their history and they were ill-informed because, oh my God, there's a scary flag, take it off. Meanwhile, it's a flag that has nothing to do with what they thought it had to do. So they were harassing this boy and discriminating upon his rights. That was the first thing in page six of their code of conduct. And I would tell you, my bold Americans, if you have children in school, read the code of conduct so you understand your son and daughter's rights while they're attending the school that they're in. They have to have it published. There's also... Students have to be informed of the policies and procedures for student discipline, attendance, and truancy. That's in the book. Free expression of thought in speech and writing that does not violate the rights of others or is disruptive to the learning environment. Did what Jaden do by having this patch on his book bag violate somebody else's rights? I don't believe so, unless they're just a moron. To learn about the grading standards throughout all curriculum, the privacy of personal property and less reasonable suspicion, confidential student records, and due process related to discipline and and attends decisions. So anyone who is going to be on a school ground or in a school building has to follow this code of conduct, right? So I'd like to tell my students, while you have your constitutional rights and no one can violate your constitutional rights, the school district's allowed to further define things in the schools that you go to in order to have a better rule of conduct. And so therefore we have the responsibilities of students, not just the rights of students. And so the rules of responsibilities are that you are acting in a manner at all times that are beneficial to public education or to private education, depending where you're at, that you accept responsibility for your behavior, that you will follow the district school and classroom rules that are in place, maintaining academic integrity, that you're refraining from interfering with learning and teaching. These are all part of that Harrison School District too. Uh, plan. So if you go on to that website, like I said, you'll, you'll see all this. So right now, the first thing that we have decided is, well, I have decided for you, he was discriminated and harassed against. It states here that there's a non-discrimination declaration. It's actually page four of this document to promote the rights and responsibility of all individuals, right? They want to make sure that the board is committed to a safe learning and work environment where members of the community are treated with dignity and respect. Was Jaden treated with dignity and respect. Was this somebody who 
targeted him based upon what they thought was something that would be inappropriate. So let's go to their dress code, because that is the first place where I would think that they would have Jaden. Maybe there's a, a something in this policy at the Harrison School District that says you can't wear a patch. I will read the dress code to you as soon as we come back on the second half. See what I did there? I teased it all the way up. You're ready for it. And now we got to hit a commercial break and then I'm going to be back. Everybody, make sure you go over to America outloud.news and uh, check out all the work from everybody that's really pulling to put America first and give you stories uh, throughout the entire day, week long, as well as go to americaoutloud.store where you can check out all the different things that we are being sponsored by in order to keep all of these great content shows and individuals and hosts coming to you so you can be better informed. As always, you can go and buy me a cup of coffee. So you can go buymeacoffee.com backslash bold America, and you can buy me a cup of coffee. That's how you can support my show directly. Everybody, right back after the break, you're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. While the cancel culture destroys our history, bringing crime and terror to city streets, AmericaOutloud.news will enhance its own message of love and honor for the American traditions and constitutional values that have always been the backbone of what America means. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back, Bold Americans, second half of the show. I left you on a cliffhanger. We want to find out whether young Jaden in his Harrison School District 2 code of conduct was allowed to have patches on his book bag. And so I have the student dress code on page seven directly in front of me. Now, Harrison School District 2 says that they're committed to a learning environment that's safe, conducive to high student achievement and free from unnecessary disruption. The district's dress code helps to establish a minimum standard of dress for all schools. It is expected that students follow the uniform guidelines for their school. Individual school principals, in conjunction with the school accountability committee, may develop their dress code policies that meet the guidelines set forth by board policy. Exemptions to this dress code for special occasions and personal considerations are up to the discretion of the school principal. So basically what that's telling you is, 
the school board that was elected by the community is going to set the dress code. You can further refine it as a principal, but they've established the parameters. So what is the following clothing appropriate for school? All right, clothing that is worn as designed and covers all private parts of the body, including but not limited to the stomach, buttocks, chest, and undergarments. It's very interesting as an educator to read different school districts' uh, code of conduct because I, I find language, depending where you look in this country, changes how they address that statement. But yes, uh, one of the things that I always like to tell students is we don't want to see your undergarments, right? Pants can't be so low that we have underwear showing. The shirts can't be so low that uh, bras and undergarments are showing. We want to make sure that there's a little bit of modesty. We're not dressed for the beach. We're dressed for professionalism and getting a job and to be able to get career ready by the time you leave my classroom. That stated, this is not my school district's uh, code of conduct, but that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm simply talking about the Harrison School District, but I'm a little critical of maybe how they're going about what they're writing. But anyway, let's continue. Jaden was not allowed to wear sunglasses or a hooded sweatshirt. Well, that doesn't matter because Jaden was probably the best dressed kid in the entire school, judging from the video. I mean, he was very slick to the nine, hair done, not a hair out of place, held with posture. All right. Uh, and it says that uh, as a head covering may be worn only outside the building. That's pretty standard now across all buildings throughout the country, but not when participating in physical education class unless weather conditions are such that head coverings are authorized. So when they're in gym class, they can't wear head coverings, but that doesn't have anything to do with the Gadsden flag. It talks about head coverings, athletic clothing, attire worn. Okay, let's look at this one. Attire worn in observance of a student's religion or for medical requirements are not subject to this policy. Well, I think that uh, Jaden cannot say that his politics are his religion, so therefore that would not be part of it. And then it has clothing, paraphernalia, grooming, jewelry, accessories, or body adornments that contain any advertisements, symbols, words, slogans, patches, or pictures that are free from. All right, so you can have different things that you just heard about but they have to be free from the following. Let's see if there's anything that has been violated by this Gatston flag. It says he can't have references to drugs, tobacco, alcohol, or weapons. Okay, there's nothing on there. Matter of fact, I think he has like a St. Michael patch on there on his backpack. So there's definitely not, not anything there. References or images of a sexual nature. Nope, nothing on his backpack that way. Attributes that by virtue of color, arrangement, trademark, or other aspects, denote membership in gangs. Bandanas of a color or that advocate drug use, violence, or disruptive behavior. Nope, nothing there. Obscene, profane, vulgar, lewd, or legally defamatory messaging. I want to point out there that there is legal things that you can say, but it could still be defamatory. Uh, I've actually seen this in my classroom before, and it's not allowed in the school building. And uh, I would say Jaden did not uh, violate that either on this on this document. Then threats to the safety or welfare of another person. Nope. And promotion of any activity prohibited by the student code of conduct. Well, I've read the student code of conduct and there is nothing that he violated, which tells me that the Vanguard school should fire their entire team that's involved with uh, anyone who talked to this mother for the fact that they don't, number one, know history. They could have avoided this very embarrassing moment by simply looking up the Gadsden flag and what don't tread on me truly meant this rattlesnake that they have, right? They could have done so many things and stopped it. They could have even called the district office and said to the district office, 
you have this conversation because we're not comfortable with it. You know, schools do that all the time. When schools are not comfortable, that the principal's like, you know what, I think I need district here in order to deliver this message. That's an important thing because, hey, look, if I'm ever a principal and I'm going to tell my listeners, there may be someday, I, I, I probably will be doing this for a very long time, but who knows? If uh, I ever decide that, you know, the show I'd rather do be a principal, I don't know why I'd do that, but maybe. I, I think I could do some good as a principal is what I'm getting at. I don't think I'd know it all. I don't think I'd ever put myself in this position that this uh, assistant principal or principal put themselves into. I think that I have the uh, pride to say, I don't know enough about this. Somebody else help. So I would say there's probably likely a nice lawsuit that's building up here for the Vanguard School. Uh, for violating student rights. So as your students are going back to school right now, as they are getting back to their classrooms, do you know your rights? Do you know what could be violated by the schools that they go to? Well, I suggest that you read the Code of Conduct. If you have not read the Code of Conduct, if you simply sign the forms, you are being lazy. See, our founding fathers, they stood up for what they believed in, and that was against unjust laws, right? So they wanted to make sure that people were informed of what was just and what was not just. The founding fathers would be proud of Jaden, and they would be standing up for him saying, you know, these people are tyrants at this school. Who would also be pretty upset right now is the founding fathers at the parents that have just signed this type of form which also tells me the Founding Fathers would be very upset at people in this country for misquoting what the Constitution does and what the Constitution does not do. Now, my bold Americans, I know that you're all very well educated on this because I've done a five-part series that you can go back and listen to to help better understand your rights, uh, but that's going to be whether or not you want to take that time. I just highly recommend it. You know, if you ever have legal troubles, you can't plead ignorance that I didn't know something right? You have to know what your rights and responsibilities are. Students, if you're out there and you're listening to the show, and I know I have some younger listeners that, that will check in from time to time, I truly mean this. You need to right now read your rights and responsibilities, no matter where you live in this country, in that handbook and understand what you can and cannot say, can and cannot wear, do on school grounds and not do on school grounds. You know, I think it's pretty universal now. You can't have weapons on school grounds. It's pretty universal. You can't bully people uh, in school grounds. That, that This is something that protects people from this. It's universal that they're tobacco-free schools. Did you know that is the responsibility of the school to ensure that there are no drugs or weapons in schools in the United States? That is a responsibility of a school and school district. So if all of a sudden a school starts turning a blind eye to drug usage and treats it as if it's not that big of a deal, read your code of conducts all across this country, you would have a case against the school for allowing either a weapon in school and not having a stringent enough policy or having drugs in the school and not doing this. So that's also very important. Also talking about your rights. I see students in my classroom, they come in with these cell phones constantly, and you're going to maybe hear something a little bit different from me. I tell students they have to learn to live with their cell phones because when they get their first job, 
no one's going to monitor their technology for them. So I don't believe in taking cell phones away. So I tell students, they can sit on your desk in front of you. If you get a message, feel free to return the message, but keep your attention on the class. If I find that the phone's up in your hands by your face, at that point in time, your cell phone could be confiscated. If it continues to happen, there's a phone call at home. If that continues to happen, I have a cell phone locker and it gets locked up and it's non-negotiable. Why do I bring up cell phones? Well, a lot of these schools give you an opportunity to connect to the web and they give you either an iPad or a Chromebook. I guess most places use Chromebooks. Here's your rights and responsibilities that maybe is not in there, but there's an implied. If you have a Chromebook, your son and daughter, I implore you to talk to your son and daughter about the safety of never plugging in their cell phone into the school Chromebook device. The reason why is it will ask you a prompt at the very beginning. It will say, would you like to allow this computer to have access to your cell phone? Most students click on okay, because it comes up every single time they plug it in, unless they press okay, or sometimes they make a mistake. When you do that, are you aware that all of the images on that device gets mapped and that everything that is on that personal cell phone is then turned over in a way, in a sense, to the school district. Now, that does not mean that there's somebody at the school district that's monitoring all that. But I'm just saying that kids can be kids and they pass around things that they shouldn't be passing around. Sometimes they have illegal content on their phone. And so when they plug these devices into their personal technology devices in school, it is giving the school the illegal content in order to create a legal nightmare for the parents. Parents, you're responsible for the content on your child's cell phone up until the age of 18, whether you like that or not. If you're paying the bill, you're responsible for it up until 18. So there's a lot of things there with technology that people don't even know about that they can get themselves in trouble. Also, most schools have cameras absolutely everywhere. Not only do they have cameras, they also have microphones, which means if your student is standing in a bathroom, standing somewhere, chances are they are being seen when they're outside the classroom. The only place where there are not cameras is inside the classroom. Now, I've got people on the right that go, we need to put cameras in every single classroom. We Teachers should have everything recorded and seen. I kind of disagree with that, and I really don't care about that really strongly one way or the other, but I'm going to tell you why I believe that it's wrong to have a camera in every single classroom for several reasons. One, you have the privacy of students. I have students with special needs. I have students that are on uh, various levels of uh, able to perform in a class. I have students that are academically gifted, and I have students that are more uh, gifted in other ways. And I would never want one of my students embarrassed by an answer that they gave in class that was seen by other people and somehow got shared and made fun of and bullied online. Would never want that. The second reason why I don't believe that you should have cameras in classrooms is because there are some classes where the intellectual property being taught is of the teacher. 
depending on how the curriculum was created. So that doesn't apply for every teacher, but there's times where you'd be intellectually violating the teacher's rights. So that would have a larger conversation. But regardless of that, if you really think that a teacher is that out of pocket, that a teacher is that horrible for your kid, um, chances are the teacher likely is already under watch and probably won't be there too long because you're going to be talking to the principal, the assistant principal about these things. And I always like to say where there's smoke, there's fire. Look, majority of people get into this because of what it pays and everything. We get into it because we love educating. We love knowing that we're having an impact. We're not at a desk job making some billionaire somewhere tons of money. We're sitting there getting the youth of tomorrow, uh, the adults of tomorrow ready and career ready to be better citizens in this world. And I think that that's worth something that's worthwhile. That's not me indoctrinating your child. That's me just going, I want you employable when you leave here. I'm a CTE teacher, career technology education. So that's really my goal. You know, I'm not an English teacher or math teacher. I'm teaching kids how to do broadcasting, uh, the engineering side, how to run lighting, the electrical side, the engineering behind that broadcast journalism. That's all the things that are important to me. So what we're learning today on the show, number one, make sure you've read code of conducts, make sure that your son and daughter knows their rights and their responsibilities. As we've seen in this Colorado case with the Gadsden flag. See, the student handbooks has really important information, not just about your rights and responsibilities, but about the support services that the schools offer. Uh, you can also find out what the policies on academics are, right? So if you have a teacher that simply hands out a piece of paper every single day and hasn't once really talked to the child or really tried to teach the class, that's probably addressed in the student code of conduct book. And there's probably something there that says that there should be clear curriculum. So you would have something that you could go first to the teacher, then to administration about. And if all else fails, then to the school district as well. So that is super important. And uh, with learning the Gadsden flag, we've also talked about how at the beginning of the school year, there are tons of different acts that have already been passed in order to protect your child from any type of discrimination uh, based upon their status or class. So I think that's also very important. But the last part is this. If you listen to my show and you have children, and I'm talking about like children, no matter what their age is, I guess uh, 10 years old and older, 10 and older, especially once they hit 12. Can we normalize <laughs> a good resource for reading about the constitution? You can't expect the high schools and these grade schools to teach the Constitution in a way that you want it taught. I got to look at the textbooks to find out how this curriculum is going. In fact, I'm thinking about creating my own curriculum and publishing it for other individuals should they want to use it inside a classroom and submitting it over to the Department of Education, because that's how important I think this is. When I ask my students, when they're freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, I would say less than 4%, 5% have ever read the Constitution. They might have studied it somewhere, but they'd never personally read it. And I also would gather the say or venture the say, most of the educators that were trying to teach the Constitution don't even know what the Constitution means in their own words to begin with. They're reading off the pages. They don't know how to interpret it and they teach it wrong. That is my guess. And that's just because they were taught wrong. That's why I told you, 
Michael Bidnark and all these constitutional scholars, people can go. I, I talked about that book, Good to Be King. I have people writing me left and right that they've been purchasing Good to Be King and they think it is a phenomenal book. I do have one person that I'm waiting to hear back from. They said, I really have enjoyed this book, but I'm taking away some things differently than you took away for the audience. And I cannot wait to have that conversation with that individual because I think that that will be a good other perspective for me. But I still understand that all the individuals that have purchased it are like, thank you. This was awesome. I'm glad that I'm reading it and I'm glad that you made the recommendation. And uh, so, yeah, that's a... Uh, that's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen, in the world here on this lovely Thursday. Tomorrow, I will be back with my good friend, Chris Michaels, from the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels, where we will be wrapping up the entire week, summing it all up once again for everybody. As always, we hope I honored your time well. I hope I gave you information on this topic that you hadn't really chewed on before. Maybe you're new at all. Maybe you could have done the podcast yourself. That's fine, too, but hopefully you had a good time with me today. I'll be back tomorrow with Chris. I hope that you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you for your time. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. 